not the main meal, but a little top up for those in-between times, you are listening to the Nurtured Village podcast, The Snack. Best listen to while you're preparing snacks, cleaning up after snacks, or simply just being a snack bitch. Hello, hello. It's been a long time between snacks, but your snack bitches are back. We're back, baby. (laughs) I'm Caitlin Bywater. I'm hiding out in my caravan because my whole family has COVID in Gamilaray land. And alongside me is... I'm Emma Gray. You can stay in (laughs) Gamilaray land. I'm in Yuggera country and I do not want your COVID. I don't want my COVID. I found out today that I've lost (laughs) my taste, which will be great for my waist. Emma, there's been a lot happening. There has been so much happening with every facet of your life, but in particular the Nurtured Village and the charity. Can you fill us in before I serve up? Yes. Exciting times, bitches. We are a charity. And look, to be honest, I'm in a bit of a weird spot. I'm actually a little bit why the fuck did I do this to myself? Actually, mostly <laughs> that at the moment. There's kind of I'm just a little bit in overwhelmed country at the moment. But um, I mean the fact that you're also building and demolishing a house at present definitely doesn't play into that whatsoever. Oh yeah, they just definitely just coincided practically on the same week, and <laughs> yeah, I'm in the depths of, at the moment, and. I think I'm really only just getting really deep into what is required to run this organization. And it's not just, you know, a Queensland based charity or a Brisbane based charity. It is, you know, we're starting and it's nationwide already. And the legal requirements and the insurance requirements and all of that is just totally overwhelming. And we're trying to start a charity with no money. And, you know, I assume that every charity starts how we're starting and I have just so much respect for how charities do start because yeah it's like it's massive it's actually massive I'm deep in overwhelm it's a doozy but you got there you're registered we're hoping to commence hampers again soon yeah once we get on top of the behind the scenes stuff we've got a few new locations that should be starting we've managed to save some that we thought might have been coming to a close so Holy dooly, nationwide, hampers at your door. Um, but I'm sure you'll continue to update us as us, as though I don't know everything that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll update everyone else um, each episode as we go along. But you did it. You go, girl. People can go on our website, which is www.thenurturedvillage.org. It has all of our locations on it. It has the links to the Facebook groups where we run the organization from. If you don't use Facebook, you can follow us on Instagram at the Nurtured Village Hampers. Obviously, Caitlin and I have our own Instagram handles. Um, You can follow the podcast on there as well. We do try and update as much as possible. It feels like I'm just yelling the same message on all these different platforms. Um, I couldn't have another Instagram account if I tried. Yeah, um, Actually, hate. I do have a building one, so you can follow that if you're into. <laughs> and, yeah, basically at the moment we are in New South Wales, Queensland. We're holding on to the ACT. Hopefully we'll be showing up in Canberra on Families Doors in Canberra very, very soon. Um, and we're really excited to be venturing all the way Woo-hoo. over to Western Australia. To me, it looks like in the future, the organisation looks like we're going to be sprinkled all over Australia on the map. Every month, we're going to be knocking on a young family's door and delivering donated food and gifts and all sorts of beautiful things. But also throughout our social media, throughout the podcast and the website, we're going to be creating resources we're going to be hopefully collaborating with other organizations and really get into the nitty-gritty of 
that this mum life is really freaking hard, but it doesn't have to be done in isolation and that we've got each other. And hopefully we'll notice a real change in the villageness of of our communities and of mums in all of the locations that we get to be in. So we would love if you're listening and you're not part of a community or you're not in the nurtured village yet, please, please get in touch and join the village and there's a spot and a place for absolutely everybody in every stage of life. So we hope you join along. Amen. Um, It's all going to be much more streamlined too, which will be easy. So once we have more on that, we can send you right there. But for today, I'm serving up a Whopper and honestly, it makes no sense until I explain how I came to this conclusion. Emma, you and I are sitting in a sunny restaurant by the water. We're child free Mm -hmm. and the waiter's got this big old silver platter bowl on top and he's about to deliver us lobster, which is whack because I hate seafood. Um, But when I Googled the most complicated food to eat, this was top 10. But this week's topic is super complicated because it's working mum life. Define working mum. I mean, obviously by working mum, we're talking about women mums who are also engaging in paid work as well as mm-hmm. all of the work that happens at home. But it looks so different for everyone. And, I mean, ours looks totally different, and I'm sure yours has changed from having mm-hmm. one kid to two kids. So what does your working mum routine life bubble look like? Look, it's just absolute sometimes organised chaos, yeah. sometimes barely holding in there. Um, I was really nervous going back to work. It's a huge transition going back to work, but I don't think that it's also going to get much easier as well. It's just parenting is full time Mm. and then you add on something extra and it's just a lot. I mean, you keep looking for the, you know, our kids are still little. My oldest has started primary school now and you're like, oh, once they're in school, everything will be easier. But now like school days are shorter. And there's after school mm-hmm. sports and there, there's so many more mm-hmm. things. I'm like, oh, this actually isn't as easy as I thought it would be. And then you talk to teenagers and they're like, yeah, they'll do more. But like, then you're worried about they're doing this and they're doing other things. And yeah, yeah, it just seems to never be like, this is the point where we cruise and it's really easy. Yeah. I feel like working parent life, mum life is just a long-term game and it's just a constant reshuffle and reorganize. And it's I can't imagine that anyone has really got it down pat. So I'd love to know if you do. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that, and you've, I've seen it all over the media and I'm glad that it's finally getting attention, is the struggle of everyone's got sick kids at the moment and everyone is sick at the moment. Yes, it's been so bad this year, hasn't it? Yeah, and so it's been really good to see the strain of being a working mum and running out of leave and mm-hmm. just the guilt of having to call in and cancel because it's not something anyone enjoys doing it's loaded it's so loaded I actually had a mum drop into my um, Instagram yesterday she said just surrounding working and being in the family home she said I feel guilty I'm not contributing financially to my family as I'm a stay-at-home mum to four kids she said it's a thankless job and difficult to pat yourself on the back when you feel like you're just constantly doing a pretty shitty job of it oh my god it's so much harder than I ever expected you're speaking to my soul there's so many layers so I mean you Emma you you're working much more than I am in paid work yeah you've got a do you three you're four days a week four days yeah so you've got four days a week you're in a role where there's quite a bit of responsibility on you as well. Yeah. We know the healthcare system is overwhelmed, but we have been for decades. It's just that no one's listened till there was a pandemic. So like work isn't an easy breezy thing for you. Do you find that work 
is a bit of an escape because I find that to be a big thing. Some people are like, we need to work and it's great, but some people are like, no, I actually really enjoy it. It's more the guilt of not being at home, but I enjoy the work. To be really, really brutally honest here, I don't think that I would be mentally okay if I didn't engage in paid work. And that's such a big thing. And I identified that with my first child in that like I'm very much a, a tick box yep. type A personality. I need to like achieve. I need people to pat me on the back. I need to be told that what I'm doing is a good job and I need to like keep achieving. And you don't get that at and home. <laughs> At home, it's just like Groundhog Day, the same day. No one, in fact, everyone's just telling you how much of a shit job you've done by just crying in your face all day long. Uh, The monotony and the mundaneness of staying at home for me was just something that I was like, I'm absolutely going back to work. Like I could not stay be a stay-at-home mum. I think stay-at-home mums are just the most incredible people on this earth because I'm like how you do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week and not have any reprieve from that is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. It's such a shame that it's – I feel like it's only been now that women have felt comfortable and safe enough to admit that. And I don't, you're not admitting it. It's not like it's a secret. Well, I mean, it might have been for some. But they haven't felt safe enough to openly disclose that and say, you know what, I am a better person when I am at work because it, it fulfills me. And I think that's a huge part of not playing to that whole role of a martyr is you need to put yourself first in order to put yourself first and feel fulfilled and happy and have purpose and drive. Then that means that looks like work. And I definitely yeah. was like that. I was very career driven and it's funny now when you look at the dynamic between my husband and I and our work, I was a primary earner and I was like, I'm a badass mm-hmm. bitch and I work and I'm going to be the best physio in all the lands. And now I'm like, do I really have to? Mm-hmm. So I went from being very much like that, but I this is what the difference is. So I only work one day a week. I had the writing that I was doing, you know, with holding mama. I had the podcast. I had things to do with the charity. Mm-hmm. I had like a gun, all these jobs. And I had all these things that gave me purpose, which I hadn't had after the other pregnancies. So I did need to throw myself back into work to find like, who the fuck am I? And does someone actually value what I do? So you'd found that fulfilled in other areas. Yeah. So I managed to have like enough tasks to keep me busy and like Mm -hmm. I'm on the committee of the preschool and like all these other things and like just linking in more with other mums. So I have all these little tasks and little hobbies and mm-hmm. activities that I get that sense of purpose and that sense of fulfillment and that sense, I mean, a bit of power too. Yeah. So I was able to get all of that without having to do paid work because now <laughs> with three kids, I'm so frazzled. Like that one day that I work, I've got to do three separate drop-offs before I try and have them done by 8.30ish, which is not doesn't happen it's more like 9 30 yeah so I feel like I've done a whole day by the time I even get to the clinic to see someone so yeah I've had a big shift and but I also need to acknowledge that we are in a position where we aren't relying on my work financially and we are very lucky to be in that but we've also sacrificed a lot to get to the point where we could do that so obviously I'm coming from a place of privilege where we're financially quite stable and aren't relying on my income because it's totally different when you have no choice but to go back to work, whether you yeah. love it or whether you don't. 
it's a whole yeah. other like pressure and things. So yeah, I'm very fortunate in that. But having said this, like I feel like this lo- looks really different for everybody as oh, well. So different. And like depends on your if you've got family support, what hours see another thing is that Gary's shift working. So like that's a whole other thing yes. that we have is that I have I have to do school pickup and drop off because I mean, aside from paying for Ush, which is just more money, mm-hmm. we have we don't have people that we can call on to do pickups. So like that whatever I do has to work in around school hours and some people would have that some people some schools have long daycare within them like mm-hmm. there's so many different things did you find that there was any like hacks or things that you could do to prepare yourself to get back that helped you manage both worlds like I said I don't feel like there's any way that you can like fully nail both like they just yeah. I did an Instagram post and it just went crazy with engagement because people just so deeply resonated with it. But yeah. I said something along the lines of like working parent, two worlds that easily sit beside one another, but in reality, two roles that barely agree with the other. It's the constant pull. It's letting your team down. It's letting your kids down. It's not being able to fully commit to either role. It's the rush, the always late, the frozen meals, the towels that sit on the line for days on end, the what are we going to have for dinner? And I feel this to my core, like it feels like we are constantly, there's not a minute to spare. Like when I'm at lunch, I'm making a phone call to someone else while I'm eating lunch. And when I'm walking to the car in the afternoon, I'm making a phone call to somebody else to organize something else. I'm like emailing while I'm at work. I'm doing like home stuff at work and I'm doing sending work emails at seven o'clock at night. Like I'm in both places, but I'm nowhere And sometimes that gets so overwhelming because I'm like, I'm just not fully committing to anything right now. And I get home and it's seven o'clock at night and the towels are still on the line and they're like literally crisp, like they're folded in half, like crisp. And like you've been sitting there for days in the sun. You just can't get to everything. And it's that dropping the balls, like which are glass and which are plastic and which ones are you willing to drop? And It's just a constant reevaluation of that. We got a cleaner as soon as I went back to work and I was like, this is like, I'm not, not having this. Like there is no way yeah. I can go back to work and then clean on the weekends. Like we have a shared calendar where we like try and upload all of our shifts and everything on there because we have to like work around each other. I found a bit of a routine with washing. So like on a certain night, we always have to wash and like bring stuff in on like another certain day and then That's have like a bit a of a, a rotation. Otherwise it was just yeah. like constant washing piling up around us. And we're like, what are we going to do with all of this? Well, you spend your whole weekend doing it. You're like knee deep in washing every Saturday and you're like, this is what Saturday's for. Yeah. And like we have two kids as well who don't allow us to do stuff like that. Like it's just becomes all consuming. Another big thing that we've done is just stock our fridge full of you foods whenever it's, you know, 7.30 at night and we're still trying to get the kids in bed and we're like, what's for dinner and we don't have anything. We just like bring out a you foods and heat it up. There's just stuff like that that we've tried to slimline and like simplify processes. What about you? I found the routine thing makes such a difference. So like I've got Mondays, you make all the school foods and da da da. Tuesday is washing, Wednesday is vacuuming. And so like, it's such a set routine that if something happens and goes tits up, then I'm like, fine, that can wait till next Wednesday. And I know that it's going to get done next Wednesday. But yeah, like that's pretty much routine for everything from like cooking to cleaning. That's been the big thing. And meal planning on Friday nights, I sit and have a glass of wine and do my woolly shop. And then I've planned out for the week what we're going to eat. And it includes leftovers. So I don't have to sit there and go, fuck, what am I going to make? Or do I even have stuff in the fridge for dinner? It's just all set there. And that's 
anything that's reducing the mental load, I think, one less decision you've got to make. That's a big thing for me because I find like physically doing the work is okay, but it's the mental load of yeah. like doing that and then going, oh shit, I've got to organize these patient notes. And because I'm yeah. often having to do my notes at home as well, because I just, the time in the clinic is hands on and then all my admin stuff happens at home. Yeah. So if I don't have to make any other decisions that day, that helps. Yeah. I got the Steph Pace like pack. I can't remember what the pack is called, but it has like a monthly calendar. So you can like pop the whole month on there and like try and transcribe all that. It's got a meal planner for the week. So we can like plan out our meals. And then it's got like a to-do list thing. And I literally just write like every single point of what needs to happen. So then my husband can like visually look at it and be like, what can I help with? And like go down the list. And getting it out of your head too. If that's something that you can like, obviously it's still kind of, I find that they still fly around in there anyway, but they're like a mosquito, not a jumbo jet. Yes. So they're like, oh, there's these things I need to do, but I know that it's written down somewhere. And if I get really frazzled and he's like, what? I'm like, look at the list. Yeah. You, this is your job for today. So yeah, I find just like taking things, we have such a mental load. Yeah. And it's intense. If we can find any way to sort of, I mean, delegating it is a pain in the ass anyway. Yeah. So I mean, by writing it, it's kind of a prompt for you, but you're not having to physically delegate it and micromanage because that's a whole other kettle of fish that just causes so much more tension anyway. Yeah. But yeah, just having everything there those visual prompts make a big difference the biggest thing that comes up with this is within my socials is parental burnout and I find that the biggest theme of parental burnout is this to-do list that like quite often the opposite sex doesn't have the same to-do list they don't have the same maternal mental load it's just ingrained in us for whatever reason all sorts of different factors the patriarchy blame whoever you want to but it doesn't rough. change it, it's there. <laughs> Someone, oh, I can't, it must have been Mamma Mia, did an article the other day and it was like, yeah, my husband will take the kids to sport. That's great. He doesn't know when it is though. Yes. And so it's like that, like, yes, they're active. Yeah, Gas will take the kids. I've got to tell him when and where mm-hmm. and what to pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. He can do it on his own, so he should. He's a fucking grown-up man. Yeah. But, yeah, he'll do it. He's helpful, but I have to tell him when. Couldn't tell you what day is library day. He forgets homework. We'll get them to school, get them dressed, doesn't know that it's homework day, doesn't know when it's sports day Yeah, because he just hasn't had to. And I get like I'm at home. I'm pretty much a stay-at-home mum. I only work the one day. So I totally get that. But like it's a lot for my brain to carry all the time. Yeah, I'm not expecting you to remember it, but be aware that it exists. My kids have been enrolled in Saturday morning swimming for like, I don't know, six months, 9 a.m. My husband asks every single Saturday morning <laughs> what time is swimming. Like really like, are you just are you just like taking the piss now because it's getting just getting a bit ridiculous <laughs> he's like is it 8 8 30 9 9 30 i'm like you're joking and it's so and that's this plays into that hole and you're like we'll just leave it i'm like yeah but i know it's not gonna happen not because they're intentionally you know they're not choosing not to do it and no one's trying to make my life harder they just don't have to be on the ball. Mm-hmm. These things, like everyone thinks it's just them. One of the biggest conversations we've been having lately between Gaz and I is I'm like, other families do this, you know. This isn't just me and this isn't just you and this isn't just us. Like I'll tell you right now, five women that I've spoken to today who've sent me a DM and said this and the same. Mm-hmm. He's like, really? And I'm like, yes. It's almost a universal experience. And if someone's not going through that same like process or like, you know, we tend to have the same little bicker for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. then we resolve it. If they're not doing it now, they've done it six months ago, they're about to walk into it, like yeah. pretty much our existence is the same. Yeah. We just don't talk about it. 
Yeah. That's why sometimes I just want to share my DMs with, like, in my stories with my whole community because I'm like, if you all knew that what you were going through you're is exactly the same, the same thing. You're all sending me exactly <laughs> the same thing. Like, I know you're overwhelmed. I know, like, your mental load. I know that you don't have sex. Like, I know that you're struggling to, like, connect with your partner. Like, I know because you're all sending me exactly the same message and I wish you all knew. Well, as the first episode of season three, we're super excited for another season. We apologize profusely for the <laughs> ginormous gap in seasons. Um, it wasn't at all intended. It's probably just a reflection on we actually don't have time for this. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> you you should get yourself very lucky that you're listening to us. Right <laughs> we're so exclusive. You're so lucky. <laughs> Um, but we do have another epic season. This season, we've included lots of chats with mums just like you and I who are just coming on sharing their story. And I'm excited for that because I think that that resonates and hits home so deeply. So I'm excited for this season. I already know I'm going to ugly cry heaps. There's going to be some great ones and there's some that I was reading notes for and I was like, and I'm crying. Yeah. Don't forget to tag us and tell us any of the takeaway thoughts you had because at the end of the day, we're all just everyday mums desperate for some validation <laughs> and adult interaction. Slide into our DMs if there's any topics you'd love to hear us talk about or if you're a biz, you'd be interested in featuring and sponsoring some of our episodes. If you're a small business listening as well who would like to get involved in the hampers, whether you have a hamper community in where you live or where your business is located or you want to be a corporate sponsor, head on to our website for more information and you can send us an email at hello at the nurturevillage.org and enough plugging us for today. <laughs> We're great. We're awesome. Love us. Snack you later. Got some more lollies. Get out of here. We have one. Oh, God. We have one lollie.